thanks again to all the sponsors. Thanks to all of you for coming out. My name is Ryan Downey. Welcome back, hopefully, to the MI Conversation Series. How is everyone? Yeah. Well, it shouldn't be a big surprise that we have tonight because there's their picture right there. Uh, how, many, how many people here have been to one of these before? Woo, a few of you. So, and how many of you haven't been to one of these? Oh, wow, most of you, awesome. Uh, well, we've been doing these for, gosh, I don't know, about a year and a half. We've had Black Veil Bride, Sleeping With Sirens, Good Charlotte, Panic at the Disco, a lot of awesome bands. And we're continuing that tradition tonight with a couple of the dudes from Sum 41. Come on out, guys. <laughs> Trying to do the pro wrestling thing, like the. Have a seat. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Musicians Institute, fellas. Thanks um, for us. I got to say something uh, right off the bat, which is that thank you uh, on behalf of everyone at Alternative Press for choosing our award show last year to make your triumphant return to the world. Well, I mean, thanks for having us. It, it was, was fun. Pretty awesome. Uh, if you get a chance to check it out online, if you didn't see it. They were at the APMAs last year performing with a gentleman named DMC, yes. which was that awesome. Was, that was really cool because it was like a childhood fantasy, you know, come true. Yeah. Some DMC. And what was the process for how that came together? Like, what, what, what first conversation happened that was like you guys and DMC? Um, well, it's something we've wanted to do for a long time. And when this opportunity came up last year and it was to perform with somebody, he was just kind of like the first person we thought of since we wanted to do it in the past. So um, it was kind of a no-brainer. We didn't think he was going to say yes, and we didn't actually hear back from him for quite a while. So we assumed it wasn't happening. And then just out of the blue one day, we got a call that he was in. Now, how hard was it to nail down songs? I mean, in terms of like, because there's so many Run DMC songs you would want to do. I think, well, when we first were starting out, we used to cover King of Rock on our own. Um, so this is like 1997, 98. We were doing that in our show already. It was like pre-Fat Lip. It's kind of like how we got into doing, trying to incorporate rap into it because we were doing it with covers. So when we were going to do this song with DMC, I mean, it was kind of, again, no-brainer. It's like, well, let's go do King of Rock. It's like a childhood dream come true. We're doing it with DMC now. He was the guy, because, you know, we had so many people at the AP Awards, artists performing and attending and presenting, and yet DMC was the guy backstage where, like, every band person was, like, running up to get the photo. Yeah. Like, it was crazy, like... Sound check, they're like, his flight's delayed, he's not going to come, so we're in the arena and, like early in the morning and we're running the set and it we get to early, that we're tired and just like yeah like we mellow. get to that part where he's supposed to come out and he just appears well, we and, just started playing the part not thinking of anything like he was going to be there at all and out of nowhere all he hears i'm the king of rock and, we're like, he? and he came out and it was him it's like an apparition like a spirit just materializes uh and speaking of tributes and bands we've all grown up on you know a lifetime ago um I had an opportunity to work on the MTV Icon Metallica show, oh, yeah, yeah. which you guys played and destroyed. Uh, and, and I realize it's kind of damning you with faint praise, because to be honest, as a lifelong Metallica fan, that lineup left something to be desired. 
And you guys were the band that was like, I mean, stole the show, or was like you actually were good at playing a Metallica medley. And well, you could see cool. the dudes Thank in the you. band were stoked from the audience too. I mean, we were definitely nervous. Um, and it was like kind of early in our career too. Um, I don't know, I, like I remember it really well and it was really fun. I, I never really knew if we did a good job or not. You know, yeah. we just kind of went out and did it and we're like... Literally, I wouldn't bring it up. If it was, you know what I mean? If it wasn't the case. Because oh, it, was, it was awesome and it was a night filled with like some questionable like, oh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if this was a good idea. And then you guys came out and I don't think you know, people thought like, oh, some 41 pop punk band, Metallica. And then you guys came out and destroyed and it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I, I, I actually, uh, I did a throwback Thursday where I posted my laminate from the MTV icon on Instagram recently, and Kirk Hammett just wrote, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so you, def you guys definitely uh, saved the day, so to speak. <laughs> and that's something we like to talk about a lot um, at these MI Conversation series, um, our influences and getting started and, you know, all of us being fans uh, from the jump ourselves before you know before you guys ended up doing what you're doing for a living so I'm really curious to hear from both of you um, what was some of the first music you were exposed to what what records did you hear around the house did you have family members who were musically inclined um, what sort of gave you that first bug to want to pick up something and play um, my parents were in a band together um, and my dad had a really big record collection um, so I just really listened to everything that he had in his collection, but the thing that really stuck, um, my dad took me to my first concert in an arena when I was five, and it was Ozzy on the Bark at the Moon tour and Motley Crue on Shout Out the Devil, and that was it. I was done. Motley came out, and the production, and seeing Tommy Lee and all that was like, yep, I'm in. So that was, yeah. <laughs> was that... Uh, Jakey e. Lee playing guitar for Ozzy at yep. that time? Yeah, wow. And the drummer then was... was um, Tommy Aldridge, who I oh, took Tommy a Aldridge. master class with like when I was like seven or something like that. Wow. Yeah. What a lineup to see. What a show. Those two bands together. Yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. That was your first concert? First concert. It's a pretty good one. How about you? My first concert was the Monkees. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, music growing up for me... Um, a little bit of that Davy Jones babyface thing going on. It's cool. Monkeys. I are think cool. it's usually Mickey Dolan's. I get Mickey Dolan's. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, it was like sort of the usual. You know, it was the Beatles, the Stones, um, Rod Stewart, Cheap Trick is what I really remember. It was those four from my mom. Um, and then you, when I got into my own music for the first time, it was Guns N' Roses and then Nirvana. Um, I mean, for rock music. I mean, right before that, it was Run DMC um, and, and sort of like the popular rap at that point, yeah. um, late 80s. And then Guns N' Roses came out, and that's what turned me into rock. Man, that um, Guns N' Roses Metallica tour that they did that yeah. was legendary, the Faith No More opened. You know, they very famously wanted Nirvana to open that, and Nirvana was in that, like, we're too cool yeah, for yeah. the big metal bands. <laughs> but I don't know what a tour that would have been if that would have come together. So how did you end up at a monkey show? <laughs> I guess they did a reunion in, uh, in 1986. I was six years old. and um, one, of, one of them didn't do it, right? Yeah, yeah, Peter Nesmith. There's always the like, guy. There's always one cool. guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he's an heir, right, to the yeah. whiteout. Yeah, yeah. So he's got $300 million. Right. Doesn't need the reunion money. Um, but yeah, so I went to that, and I was in Toronto with some 
outdoor festival thing they came by, so, uh, and I was a fan of, at the time, the show was big. This was a show about a band <laughs> that was on, what, in the, originally it was, it was the on, 60s. what, 60s, 70s? Yeah, yeah, late 60s. But then MTV would rerun it in the 80s, and so it had this resurgence. Yeah, yeah. It was and, big in, when I was a kid. Yeah, 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 same here. Um, man, yeah, MTV used to show that, and the Young Ones, right around the same time, oh, yeah. which was hugely influential. We didn't have MTV in Canada. Uh, much music. Yes, we did. Were the monkeys on much music? No, it was on like a regular channel. Oh, wow. So it's interesting that that revival coincided yeah. in both places. Yeah. We had the Young Ones here, which was a British sitcom. Oh, yeah. What am I talking? Of course we had the Young Ones. That, but it wasn't on, it was again, it was on a channel. That no. was the first time I heard Motorhead. It was Motorhead. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. They would have band Madness yeah, was that. on yeah. the show. And yeah, yeah, so awesome. So awesome. So how did, obviously, your Tommy Lee for you, um, playing guitar, singing, where did, where did that come from? Who, were, who really got you? I, all I wanted to do was play guitar, really, at the beginning, and write songs. I didn't want to sing. And uh, so when the first few bands I was in, and even in Sum 41, I wasn't the singer. It was we had somebody else. And then it usually ended up I would become the singer because when you're that young, you know, people are coming in and out of your band. And I would end up singing until we get a new guy. And since I was writing the songs, after a while, I just ended up being the singer, I guess. Yeah, you know what I found as a journalist that that's not an uncommon story. There's a lot of bands where uh, someone started out uh, playing guitar or drums even, and and ended up kind of singing by default, and then just became the singer. We had we had Motionless and White here, and Chris, who sings for Motionless, um, didn't start out to be the singer in that band, and that just sort of happened. And uh, it's so it's more common than you might think. It I assume so. Yeah. Um, so. Tell me about uh, getting together and sort of once, you, not so much all the different people that came in and in and out mm -hmm. early, early on, but ones that started to really crystallize is what would become some 41. What were those days like? What were, what were you guys, what were songs you were trying to figure out together, covers and stuff like that? Um, in the very early days, when it, I mean, like, it took four years for the lineup that everyone, you know, first saw, like in Fat Lip. Uh, it started out with Steve-O and I, and then about, that was like that for two years with some other people. And in those days, we, our biggest influences was No Effects and Pennywise. According to the internet, you were a No Effects cover I know, band that's originally, not but true, that's, though. Yeah. We just we had, liked them a lot. Yeah, we had, uh, when Panic at the Disco was here, according to the internet, Panic was a Blink-182 cover band. Mm -hmm. It was the same thing. They were yeah. like, yeah, no, we... We just liked Blink-182. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so in... Wait, so everything on the internet's not true? Pretty much. Is what we're learning, okay. <laughs> but yeah, and, uh, and then Dave came into the band around you know, two years later, and we were still sort of into that kind of thing, but Dave was also into Metallica and Rage Against the Machine. Those were his two bands that he really liked, and we liked Iron Maiden and Metallica, so we started incorporating a little bit of the metal stuff Mostly as like a joke thing, which is like our pain for pleasure kind of metal stuff that we're trying to bring in. Um, and then after we'd done that, and we felt like we were doing that successfully. We we're bringing in this kind of metal thing that was actually working. We we're playing it in our shows, and people were seeming, you know, seemed to think it was kind of cool, and we didn't see anybody else doing it. And then we also liked rap music, like Run DMC and Beastie Boys, so started incorporating those songs. And then Cohn came into the band in 99. And uh, that's also the year we got signed and started making records. So we put all those influences on our first 
thing called Half Hour Power. And, you know, that's it's sort of like that was the beginning of sort of shaping of what we were going to do and what we were going to incorporate. And I think there's kind of a mistaken perception with some fans that that was your debut album, but it was really kind of a yeah, there's glorified There's six EP. songs on it yeah. with a few instrumentals and stuff like that, but yeah. Yeah, Fall Out Boy has a similar story where it's like they have, there's a record floating around that they don't really consider to be the first record. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a glorified... It was like the first whatever. project uh, yeah. for us, really. So first time in a, in a real studio, first time trying to figure out what the sound was going to be. And yeah. 